Welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Candice. And I'm Daniel. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. This helps others find our podcast and get even more information about coping with infertility. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date with our story, you can follow me on Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. Have a great topic for our podcast? Email us at thevanwades at gmail.com. Hey guys. Hello guys. Hello guys and girls. Hello guys and girls, mainly girls, right? Welcome to our last episode. The last ride. Our last episode. We're naming this episode Forgot About Dre. No. We're not. I'm sad. It's Are our you? last episode. This is the last time we'll be sitting here across from each other, all hooked up to cords and stuff. Although, we're starting a new podcast called Who Cares About It? And it's going to be sports from my view versus your real life view, where you're like, who cares about it? No, we're not doing that. Oh. We're not doing that. No, we're really not. No. Um, so... Hashtag who cares about it if you want it. Hashtag who cares about it. I can't believe we released our first episode on January 3rd. Isn't that crazy? So... Of this year. We've only been doing this for 10 months. Dang. That's crazy. So, nine, ten months ago? Yeah. We've done two seasons. And really, I started this podcast because I needed to keep myself busy yeah. through infertility. I needed to throw myself into something. Mm-hmm. And I created the website, and I created this podcast, and it was really just like, how many things can I juggle <laughs> so that I don't have to think about babies babies, and me not having one? But um, yeah, we're just kind of, as you guys know, entering the next chapter. The next chapter. But I just want to say that this podcast has turned, it turned into something for me that I didn't expect. Like I said, it was initially a means to keep myself busy and uh, for us to have fun and like do something together because Daniel and I, we've talked about this before, but we don't have any days off together. We have opposite schedules and we really just see each other kind of in passing in the evenings and during chick fil A meals. <laughs> it was something that we could have a specific thing that we had that we could do together. Also, it just kind of became something that I didn't expect. Um, just connecting with so many people, having people write us and say, man, that episode really spoke to me because blah, 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 blah. And then they share their story. That was my, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Um, because obviously you don't get paid to do this. Um, and it yeah. Is... In fact, we pay <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah. do this. We, we pay to get our um, episodes out there. It's time consuming, but it's worth it. When you get those messages where someone says, oh, I, I just decided to go and see if I have endometriosis or 
uh, you actually feel like you're doing something productive. And I know I joke a lot of the time, but there is like a hell of a lot of value in this. Yeah, I've had so many women write me and go, oh my God, I didn't realize that I had all these symptoms of endometriosis. Like, I also thought I had IBS for years, or I also have pain with sex and stuff like that. And Wrong hole. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, but it's just amazing that it's actually kind of affected people's lives. And I didn't really see it as something that was going to be like that. Um, so we are sad to move on from it. But we might do some kind of thing in the future. Uh, I'm hoping that we can do some like Instagram lives. The last Both time, yeah, the last time I did an Instagram live, which was actually the only time I've ever yeah, done an Instagram and live. Sorry, can I stop you there? You don't want me on Instagram yes, live. You already have to heavily edit. I was me. just about to say that people were like, "Where's Daniel?" Like pretty much everybody was like, "Where's Daniel?" Yeah. So. I probably will make him do some lives with me at some point. I'm going to offend someone. No, you won't. You won't. No. We're not going anywhere. I really want to focus on the website. I know I said this on our episode a while ago. <laughs> episode a while ago. Check it out. <laughs> I just really want to focus on building the website to be something that's really useful to the community and I'll need everybody's help to do that. I want it to be something that evolves over time, something that stays relevant, something that we can pass on to the next generation of women. Infertility is not going away so when we all have realized our dream, when we're all attending our children's high school graduations there's going to be women after us that struggle too so um, I'm hoping that everybody can help me make it relevant like I said and useful for the community what that'll look like is what resources do we need to see there what books might help us along the way what doctors and specialists are the best in the country things of that nature so please join me on the next chapter of the journey all right so let's move on to this episode this episode is probably going to be one of the most intimate is probably going to be one of the most intimate episodes we've done. Even though we talk about vaginas and DNBs a lot, this one's probably going to be a little deeper than that. That's what she said. Oh, I fell right into that one. <laughs> so first, I want to say that this podcast is not about Christianity. We're going to talk about faith and infertility. This isn't a pitch for Christianity, and you'll definitely see that that's the case. I just want to explain because when you start talking about religion, a lot of times when your views don't line up with somebody else, you just kind of shrug it off. And I just don't want anybody to turn off this episode thinking that it's yeah. all about Christianity or something because it's really not. I'll explain why I kind of hesitate to call myself a Christian later on in the episode. 
but I do identify as a Christian. But we'll be talking about other religions as well. I just wanted to say that right off the bat so you didn't check out. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) But the subject of faith, I mean, you could agree with this, Daniel, I'm sure, is it's a touchy subject for most people, right? Um, 100%. um, In America especially. Uh, recently at work, I was sent a form from some colleagues in India where they wanted us to identify the gender, religion, uh, age of my associates, the people who work for me. And I was Why like, did they need the religion? Yeah, because in India, you've got three religions. Oh, yeah. And then that can actually affect which day you work. Right. So they sent me this form and said, hey, can you, you fill this out? And I was like, not even if you paid me $5 million would I fill it. I'm not asking people those things. Yeah. Because it's such a sensitive subject, all three of those things. Um, but it, yeah, in America, yeah, very sensitive. Yeah. In the times that we're living in too, I think um, it can be very sensitive. Mm-hmm. I've thought about maybe doing an episode about faith and infertility before. But I kind of chickened out and I didn't really want to go that deep because I I felt like it would be kind of a deep episode. Some of us believe in a God. Some of us don't believe in any religion. Some of us believe in Uh, vibes, like good vibes and the universe and like send up good vibes to the universe. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. I mean, if, if you don't believe in, in anything, that's fine. We all have different beliefs and I think that we should all respect um, one another's beliefs. I mean, that goes about saying, right? Yeah, it does. But I feel like I need to say it. (laughs) Sadly. Some might believe that there's something bigger out there. They just don't know. And then some might be certain that there is nothing out there. And I can say that, like, after going through infertility and dealing with the stuff that we have, I can definitely understand that. I feel like there was a point where you wanted to fist fight Jesus. Yeah. Like, I could actually, if Jesus turned up on our doorstep... I feel like you would have said, all right, we're doing this with knuckle covers or not. I I really feel like you wanted to go down no, that lane. No, I would have been like, Jesus, let me talk to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to your G-man. dad. Let me speak to the G-man. <laughs> Where's God? What is he doing? But the purpose of this episode really is just to kind of open up about my struggles with faith. I have really been on the rocks uh, for a while And Daniel's really the only person that's known that. But I wanted to open up because I think a lot of people feel a certain way when they're going through infertility. And then they feel guilty for questioning God and feel, oh God, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't question God. Like he knows what he's doing and blah, 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 blah. But if you go through years and years and years of infertility and feel abandoned and hopeless like it's completely normal to question what you believe and then also one of the things about being omnipotent is you're going to get the credit for the good things but you've also got to put up with the blame for the bad things yeah so it's okay to go through that period of questioning someone because you know bad things are going to happen right and and to believe that god 
grants us prayers, any God that you might believe in, to believe that that comes from an omnipotent being is to believe that blessings are withheld from that omnipotent being. So if if God blesses you in a way, you have to really kind of believe that blessings are not coming your way because they're being withheld. Why are you doing that to me, I know. Why are you doing that? <laughs> so I think for most people, faith is something that makes you feel good. It's not... It's, it doesn't mean it only makes you feel good. I mean, we all believe in the things that we believe because we believe them for a reason. But don't you feel better when you feel blessed about something? You feel like whoever created the universe is on your side. You kind of feel better about your life, right? Yeah. It makes you feel good. 100%. So whenever we talk about something like this... I start to feel very small very quickly yeah. be- because I I start to think, well, where did Earth start and where did the universe start? And I'm like, I can't comprehend yeah. how big everything is. I don't want to know. Like, uh, I don't I don't think we'll ever really know. Not unless someone just out of the blue goes, <laughs> all right, I did it. <laughs> it all was right. me. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. Listen, you, you've got it wrong. Yeah. You've got it right. Good job. You were way off. Just pointing at people in the street. And I bet his name's like Clive or yeah. it, Clivella. Right. Or Clivella. Yeah. I mean, you've got science that tells us the earth is millions and millions of years it's, old. It's pronounced science. Science. Yeah, close. Uh, we have the Bible, which says something else. We have the Quran, which says something else. So we could all be wrong. <laughs> and we probably are. <laughs> we are probably all wrong to an yeah. extent. To, I mean, a, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all be wrong together. (laughs) So for religion, sometimes we're raised in a particular culture that will lend us to certain religion, right? Yep. I'm from the South, so You marry into your family. Yeah. Yeah, I... What? (laughs) (laughs) No, you are not part of my family. Hi, cousin. Uh, Um... That's actually on your side of the pond where you marry your cousin. It's actually uh, le- it's legal, isn't yeah, it, to marry your first it's cousin? It's legal in England to yeah. marry your cousin. Huh. It's not legal in the US. You can marry your second. People do it, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but, you know, if you're, like Daniel was saying, if you're if you live in India, you're brought up in a certain culture, and that's just the religion that you adopt that's the what you're raised to believe and so when faith is kind of a part of your life from an early age it kind of shapes your perception of the world it's mm-hmm. like your belief systems your morals it affects your relationships because maybe your mom only sends you to play groups where those parents are also christians and so it kind of all it kind of navigates your life until you're of a certain age where you can kind of decide for yourself, right? But let's face it, for a vast majority of people, it... it sticks. It sticks for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it does. I think... I mean, I, I grew up in a very Christian home. My extended family, my mom's side of the family, they're all very Christian. My dad's side of the family, 
I believe is Christian, but I'm not really super close with them. So didn't that come later in life for them as well? Yeah, it did. My dad kind of branched out from his family because he was Christian and he kind of got away from kind of the cyclical things going on in his family. Daniel, you weren't raised Christian. No, I was actually raised as a Jedi. <laughs> Um, apparently I was the chosen one, had a high level of midichlorians, um, but it turns out that I just had the flu, so, uh, no, I I wasn't raised Christian, I went to church with my friend Lawrence, um, at first, because Why, what made you go to church? Uh, his mum. His mum. His mum, um, and his dad, rest in peace, um, was a very strong Christian, her dad, his dad. Um, and so we went to the church and it was so cool because it, when we were at school, I was at primary school at the time. So I don't know. What do you guys call that first? Um, elementary. Elementary. School. Sounds much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you would just learn your standard subjects and you really touched on religious education, but you didn't dive into it. And I think a lot of when you're younger, the religi- religious education that you learn especially for Christianity, is mainly like the fairy tale stuff, right? You know, Noah's Bible Ark. stories. Yeah, yeah. Bible, Bible story. Um, so, yeah, I went there, went with Lawrence. We had a blast and uh, I'd go on Sundays and we'd look through the catalogs and circle the toys that we wanted. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and that's another nice thing about having a religion is you connect with certain groups of people right Mm -hmm. and it's fun and they make it fun for kids and so I think it there's obviously an appeal there of course I know atheists I know people from all different religions agnostics yeah agnostics um um, we're just naming people in your family (laughs) um but you actually when you're in college you went to a couple of different types of churches didn't you yes I went to a Christian Orthodox church, which was eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how different it was from the churches I grew up in. Yeah. I went to a mosque, mm-hmm. um, and that was a really neat experience. I did a world religions class, which I got a B in, but I have to tell you, that teacher did not like me at all. I need to go on a rant for a second. because okay, please do. The first day of class, we went around the room, and I said something about wanting to be a psychologist, and I don't remember how I segued into the NHS, but I said something about the NHS that she didn't like. What, what was it? Do you, what, which side of the fence were you on the NHS? The NHS is crap. Okay. Well, you're wrong, but that's Well, fine. That's I'm not fine. wrong, because the NHS is crap, because when people need treatment, they put you on a waiting list. Anyways, um, and just, so... Just for our listeners, oh, for if sake. it's an emergency, you get seen straight away, right? It's only for things that are elective or um, maybe aren't urgent. So, for example, if you had a kidney stone it was about to burst through your urethra, then you'd have emergency What about surgery. when they thought Lawrence might have cancer and they drug their feet on the testing? Well, I know, but... But nothing. But testing isn't going to solve the issue quickly, especially it when it's matter. a low the, risk. The sooner you know, cancer. the sooner you can get treatment. Anyways, anyways. So anyway, that teacher didn't like me, and it showed on every single thing I did in the class. But anyways, I had to write a paper about 
different religions. And I was just really, like, I couldn't believe how different Christian Orthodox was from Christianity. They have these um, icons, and they worship the icons, like pictures Mm -hmm. and things. And like in Christianity, we're taught to not worship idols. So anyway, it was just really different. Yeah, all all religions are, although they kind of follow the same path. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. But anyway. Different adaptations. This episode isn't about the the breakdown of religions (laughs) in the United States. No, it isn't. But I think it just kind of goes to show how different we might believe things to be. Yep. Where um, you might believe that God is in a picture Mm -hmm. and you have to worship that photo or put it in a certain place in your house or honor the photo or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, in Islam, you have to face a certain direction, pray yeah. at a certain time of the day, stuff like that. So, I mean, it just kind of goes to show how different. The first time are. I went to, actually, I'm not going to tell that story. What is it? I was going to say the first time I went to a Muslim country, it scared the shit out of me when the prayer thing started going oh. off really loud. <laughs> so you weren't raised Christian back to that though I was I think there were definitely times in my adolescence where I was like oh I don't want to go to church I'd rather do this that and the other I did go to a private Christian school um and I did not like it I felt church all week though isn't it like if you go to a private Christian school we had chapels on Monday chapel so we had kind of like a little church service before lunch on Mondays and I, I'll speak to the fact that this is kind of why I don't tell people that I'm a Christian. Like I don't put it on my Instagram and say, you know, I love Jesus and whatever, because Daniel sixty two three. <laughs> is that a chapter? No, no. <laughs> no, you just made that up. Yeah. Um, I was really the black sheep at my private Christian school. There was about 27 in my graduating class. The classes were super small. Um, and and when I say graduating class, like my whole grade, there was 27 of us. And, and each grade was that small. So I was really, I had a personality, as you guys know. Um, and I would like wear Goodwill clothes to school. I would wear like old men's shirts and they were within the dress code. Like they were tucked in and they were collared and they just like were old men pearl snap shirts and, you know, things. And I was looked at as I was trying to be rebellious or. Well, you look like a hobo blossom. Well, and I even got called into the guidance counselor's office one time because they said I was trying to be too sexy. And I literally looked down at my clothes, and that day I was wearing these orange plaid, like literally old man golfer pants that were too big for me, and like some orange collared shirt that matched. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I got my motor revving. I mean, just things like that. And it really made me feel like 
everything I was doing was sinful and wrong. And people shouldn't, especially adolescents, when that's such a, you're such a piece of clay at that point in your life. And really, I could have, if I didn't have a good head on my shoulders, I could have really gone the other way by being told that everything I did was wrong. I could have gone the other way and I didn't. But for some, that could have been really dangerous. And so I don't really like to say that I'm a Christian to people because I think it's irrelevant, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think it's irrelevant to my relationship with others. I treat others with respect and I don't need to tell people I'm a Christian in order to accomplish that. No. Um, I don't need to tell people I'm a Christian really in order to do anything. If I say that I'm praying for you, that just really means I am really praying for you. Yeah. And and that's not to knock anybody who like does put they love Jesus on their Instagram and stuff like that and talks about their relationship with God. I think that's amazing and that just shows that you're confident. Um, I'm just not there. <laughs> that's just not. Well, you never will be. Well, that's not you. Yeah, it's just not the type of person that I am, especially after what we've been through. Um, and, and so when I was an adolescent, I was pretty like, if you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, why are you treating me like what I'm doing is wrong? And so I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to, I would actually, I actually sang in the youth group and, um, there were things that they did in the youth group that rubbed me wrong. And I just started seeing Christianity in a different way and it didn't feel right. So I did stop going to church. But as I got older, I started to see things in my life that I had prayed for. And I started to feel like maybe there is a God. Maybe God is directing my life. Maybe God is answering my prayers. And so... I kind of, I guess, came back around when I was a little bit older. But during the first year that we started trying, my cousin was going through her really bad time of getting a hysterectomy. And if you didn't hear that story, it is the first um, story we did on endometriosis back in season one. Uh, You should go listen to it. It's a really heartbreaking story of how she lost her fertility and I always group people like her in pregnancy and infant loss awareness day just because people who have lost the ability to ever have their own biological child like that is a huge loss it's a good episode as well because if you feel like that you're moving slower than what you could This is one of those gentle reminders to get going, get quick about this. Yeah. And the problem is, is that providers are are going to do what they need to do and that's it. There's nobody thinking of you late at night while they're laying in bed. You have to, you know, advocate for yourself. And unfortunately, this is one of those times where the providers seriously let her down. And she and her husband had tried and tried for years. Um, My whole family was praying for her. You know, 
we'd take her up to the altar at church and pray for her, have the pastors pray for her. And I just sat back and watched God do nothing, to be honest. And I was so angry. And I just thought, like, we used to play mom when we were little. Like, that's what we wanted to be when we grew up. We didn't, like, want to be doctors or lawyers or, you know, veterinarians. We wanted to be moms. Like, that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to be stay-at-home moms. And she's meant to be a mother. And I was just so angry. And I took that so personally. And so my faith was pretty shaken, I would say. But it wasn't broken at that time. You know, so even though my faith was shaken, like there still were many things that I felt like God had done for me in my life, like moving to Orlando and meeting you. Mm -hmm. So meeting you, I felt like, you know, I had prayed and prayed and prayed. I'd been in relationships that were just like not at all what I deserved. And I'd prayed and prayed And I really do feel like God led me to move to Orlando, and then I met you. You got lucky. Yeah, I did. And there was actually one time in high school where um, there was a really bad car accident that had just happened. And I had gone back into the house to grab something. It was like a book or something. I can't remember. But I just remember thinking, if I had left when I was supposed to, like I could have been in that car accident. It's just things like that throughout my life that I feel like God protected me from or, you know, saved me from. Hmm. Is there anything you have ever been through like that that you feel like? Um, So back in the year 2000, I was hanging around with about a group of 15 people down on the beach in Westgate. Up to no good, I'm sure. No, we were actually up to reasonable amounts of good. Um. Anyway, my mate, <laughs> my mate Liam and I decided we were going to walk to the store. So we walked to the store. As we were walking to the store, these three rather burly guys walked past us and gave us some lip. You know, like oh, oi, wankers, oi, oi. you wankers. We just we were like, yeah, all right, mate, and just carried on. Anyway, when we got back, the like a few of the people that were there were crying and everything, um, and one of our mates had been glassed with a bottle. Glassed? Yeah, hit with a glass bottle. And I was thinking, man, if I would have been here, that could have been me. Well, yeah, because you'd have been like, why am I? No, I would have. You know, yeah, absolutely. If I, if someone... You would have probably stepped in and tried to help. And I would have probably got glassed. And you would have gotten glassed. Yeah. And you'd have had a big scar across your face and I wouldn't have loved you. Chicks dig scars. No. Yeah, man. You'd have had a... Like, you you would be all mangled, yeah. and you wouldn't be very cute like you are now. No, but I'm not cute, am I? So I'm, I would have never looked your way. I'm a receding that, old man. That's definitely go. a God there thing. There you go. That one, sure. that, that one always crosses my mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, what would have happened? Yeah. Um, most of mine all rev- revolve around getting my head kicked in, potentially. <laughs> Uh, like I always think, man, I, I dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Well, somebody hit you with a golf club in the head when you were a kid, was, yeah. and you survived. Dead all right there. You do have um, a really hard noggin. Someone punched me in the chin with a fifty pence piece between there. Why? Thing. 
Really? Don't know. Probably a quarrel over a girl. No, it was actually was over a girl, but not anything to do with me. He thought I was someone else, one of my mates, (laughs) and I got punched in the chin. Would you say you took it on the chin? (laughs) (laughs) I would say that I took that shot like a champ. Yeah, good story. Are there anything that you guys, like you're driving in your car and you're, you're thinking, yeah, there's like this one time. I'm sure there is, right? I'm sure we all have like those moments in life where we feel like, somebody out there was looking out for us whether Mm -hmm. it was like a a grandfather that passed away that's our guardian angel or um, maybe our babies that are in heaven that are watching over us like we all have those things that we attribute to something protecting us right so while I have felt God's presence in my life at points I think as the years passed and infertility was like so something we were dealing with every day and we were losing babies and we were going through you know all of that waiting time I started to really resent God and really be like well there's probably not a God yeah what are you doing bro (laughs) yeah like if if there is a God he's certainly not concerned with my happiness and I don't know what he's doing but he's not like you know, promoting world peace or something like that. The first time I noticed that you were starting to feel like that was when you stopped praying before you ate. Yeah. And it was really weird because I'd have to remind you. I'd be like, you can say grace. Yeah. And you could tell you just weren't into it. Yeah. In the slightest. It was like, sure, I'll do it. But this is a token gesture. And then there came a point in time where I was like, you pray. And yeah. I didn't even want to pray at yeah. all. There there was a point in time where I still prayed for other people when people would get sick or, you know, when people would ask for prayers. I would really pray for other people, but I would not talk to God about myself anymore because I felt like, well, he's not, if for some reason he's not blessing me. For some reason he doesn't want to bless me. And so why would I even waste my breath? You also started to feel guilt, didn't you? It was like, have I done something wrong in the past that's put me into this position? I think we all kind of feel that way. We feel like it's our fault in a way. Like, well, God's not listening to my prayers. Like, what have I done? Yeah. You know, but I don't think it's our fault to feel distant from God when... We are going through, and I've said this before, chronic adversity because Mm -hmm. it can make you feel numb. It can fatigue your faith. It can make you feel drained. Why would I go to church and sing these songs and worship this God that doesn't give two craps about me and how I'm feeling? And I would also think about those stories in the Bible where these 90-year-old women, 100-year-old women would pray and pray and pray and then they'd get pregnant, you know, these barren women. And I'm just like, I'm 30 some odd, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm praying and praying and praying and nothing's happening. Yeah. Um. Not only that, but I'll get pregnant and then I'm not pregnant anymore. And then you have to endure that 
whole scenario. Then we started paying for IVF. To be fair, you've got Eve to blame for the uh, dealing with the scenario after that, you know? Yeah. Leave the apples alone, will you, love? (laughs) Who listens to a snake? Yeah, true, true. (laughs) Who? But I would say that losing my faith was a gradual process, but it certainly is something that happened, and it happened full on, I would say, in probably our last year of fertility treatments. After we lost that fifth perfectly fine embryo, I was so pissed. I was like, like, this is not right. Why aren't we being blessed for helping ourselves? You know, like some people who are like, oh, well, I have cancer, but I'm just going to pray about it. You know, it's like there's a time and a place for prayer and there's a time and a place to help yourself. And I feel like God respects people who help themselves. You wouldn't just break your arm and be like, you know what? I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to pray about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to pray that my arm is healed. Here we go. No, you drive yourself to the hospital. Yeah. You do what you need to do. You take a step. I remember um, talking to a friend one time and she was like, I just don't understand why I can't find the right guy and blah, 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 blah. Just pray about it all the time. And I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing to meet somebody? I'm just praying about it. Like, I just know that God's going to bring me somebody. And I was like, no, God's not going to bring somebody to knock on your door. No. It's not going to happen. That's why Christian Mingle exists. Yeah. (laughs) You got to help yourself to some extent. And here we were certainly helping ourselves like 100% committed, 100% dedicated, steadfast year after year, doing whatever we could to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I could not wrap my head around why we weren't being given some kind of credit for that. Like, honestly. And then to add to that, you've got test results coming back saying no you're okay like completely healthy yeah no answers no nothing doctors that weren't listening to us like what do you what are you supposed to do after that are you supposed to just be like well you know god knows what he's doing he sure does know what he's doing so i'm just gonna keep doing what we're doing and eventually he'll bless us no (laughs) no whenever you go into that overly um southern southern yeah you sound like real redneck (laughs) hey jesus why aren't this working right now but that's what people say and it it's so stupid to be honest yeah it's offensive like i felt so angry when i would have family members contact me and go you really should um read this verse about um whatever it was and it was always about waiting and god's yeah. timing and i'm like please don't send me stuff like <laughs> yeah. that clive 312 says god's timing uh, yeah is it eight years eight and a half years it's not seven and a half years because we're past that point you yeah. know when when is it i don't know i just like <laughs> i hated it like it really pissed me off yeah but you're not supposed to enjoy it right i just don't like when people insert themselves and and tell you that God's got a plan and blah, 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 blah. I don't know that God has a plan for me to lose babies. Yeah. 
why is that God's plan? Is it God's plan for other children to die? You know what I mean? Like, I always think about the little boy that got chomped up by the alligator in Florida. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Was that God's plan? No. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, that alligator is just a prick. Yeah. You prick. Know? What a prick. I just, I just don't like when people say that God has a plan when it comes to infertility. I mean... What about this song by Drake, God's Plan? How does that make you feel? It doesn't make me feel any kind of way. Do you know the lyrics to that song? God's Plan. God's Plan. plan. My manu, manu, manu. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? Because, yeah. like, I can understand how infertility over the years has really changed my life. I mean, look at me. I'm sitting here in a room talking to you over microphones and people are listening to it in their car or at work. And, you know, I've connected with people over this and it really has changed my life. I would yeah. say, I would say that I plan to use my experience to help other people. Mm -hmm. But what about the losses were those God's plan? I mean, if, you know, you, you just can't tell people that. That's that's something you don't say to people who are struggling with infertility. Yeah. Because you don't know God's plan for someone else's life. Yeah. Anyways. I'm um, sorry. I wish you guys could actually see Candace right now. She's sitting in a chair with her legs spread wearing <laughs> a, a dress. Um, because she can't close her legs anymore. And all she needs is a pair of bollocks. And she'd look like a guy right now. Like the way she's sitting. Oh, man. Now they have this horrible visual. <laughs> I mean, you look professional. Just, I uh, don't look professional. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um... I think that if you've questioned your beliefs during infertility, that is 100% healthy and natural mm -hmm. and normal. I think as an educated adult, I can think rationally and think realistically about what is real and what is not. And so for anybody else thinking things like that, like, well, I'm really mad at God. Like, he doesn't answer my prayers. He's not listening to me. And it's year after year. It is so normal to feel that way, especially with infertility. I feel yeah. like so much of this is out of our hands. And we're just looking for the one thing, the trick, you know, the Lovenox, the intralipid, whatever it is, the steroid. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be that one thing. All that holistic crap. No. No. Yeah, Holmes. That's not going to get you pregnant. It's not. But, you know, when you're desperate, you'll do anything. Yeah, and we've all done it. We've yeah. all tried everything. Oh, I can't eat that because it's going to mess with my glentison. <laughs> and then I won't be able to conceive because of my, my veldol will be too high. <laughs> you know, it's just a load of bullshit. And oh, it? my Excuse gosh. My Whatever you believe... I hope that it isn't completely lost because I think there is a saving aspect to believing in something bigger than yourself, bigger than you as a couple, and bigger than your circumstance, right? We all waver in the things that we believe and we all kind of shift 
our perspectives over time and our life experiences do that to us, right? Mm-hmm. If we are constantly being crapped on, why would we believe there's something better yeah. out there? I mean, I could see both ways. You could think, well, life can't be this crap. But then you could also think it's like a, that learned helplessness. It's like you've always faced adversity. Why would you think there was something beyond that? So when it comes to faith, I just hope that you can stick it out. You know, I don't know where I'm at now when it comes to faith. I think I'm still working on it. I do remember in my first trimester, uh, I had some spotting and I rushed like to the doctor. And as I was driving there, I was like, okay, God, (laughs) this is it. This is it, buddy. If it's over, if this pregnancy is over we are over. Like I'm never taking my stuff and I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm never speaking to you again because this is total and utter crap. And at that point we had gone further in the pregnancy than we had ever in a pregnancy. And so I was like, if you don't save this, like if you don't, if, if this pregnancy does not continue, then I'll know. But You've got, like, this is your chance to, like, show me that you're real. And luckily, things worked out. Did God save the baby? I don't know. Did it, Did my prayer make a difference? Did my threat make a difference? Yeah. Probably not. I would say that there's probably proof in there for my faith enough that he did enough to get us to this point. So I'm always going to be faithful in that through this whole journey. I've always said, it'll happen right and even not to you I've always said it because I knew that our story was too good in how we met for it to not have a happy ending yeah and that so that was why I was never as um I don't know I was never I never questioned it as much as you but then that's easy for me to say I'm not the one getting wander every week or getting prodded every week so um it's easier for me to stay consistent and stay faithful I do think that getting pregnant right after surgery was a miracle I I I can't say that that was not a god thing because I mean I've heard of that happening but right after my surgery I got sick I got a virus and I just was like I know we talk about being optimally suited for pregnancy and we try to do everything to our bodies to get us you know, ready for transfer and all of that. But my body was not in any, like, position to be hosting any type of... Event. <laughs> event. <laughs> Pregnancy party right and here. so, I mean, yeah, I do think it was kind of, like, amazing and a miracle. But why couldn't it just happen like a miracle despite my surgery? Yeah. You know, at any other time. I don't see why now was a better time than any other time, but that's what's happened. So I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to get back there, especially we're going to be parents and I want our children to have values and believe what we believe. So 
I hope that I can get back to that place um, of restoring my faith. And I know people are probably like, well, you got what you wanted. Yeah. Like, why are you still wavering? It's, it's, it's like when you break up with someone, it's like awkward. It's like yeah. you've pushed someone out of your life. Like I kind of turned my back on God because I felt like he t- had turned his back on me. I and think once she's born, your faith will come flooding back. I hope so. I mean, I, I think... I think it will. Yeah, it it will. It's going to be... And I know this podcast isn't really where we broadcast about our, our future little girl, but it, it's going to be that moment in your life where I think time is just going to change. Everything is going to change. Yeah. And you're going to feel so, like, fulfilled by the end of it. And So that's my yeah. opinion. Anyway. Yeah, I know this episode was super deep for you guys, so... I hope that you stuck with us and I hope that you could somewhat identify with feeling like the things that you believed were no longer the things that you believed or maybe you questioned those beliefs. Um, But thanks for just honestly letting this podcast be a place where we could share our story. And thank you so much for writing us and sharing your story with us because that's really why we do this like it Mm -hmm. is honestly 100% the only reason we do this we don't always feel like you know coming in here and turning off the air conditioning and sitting in the room with the door closed and shutting the dogs out and sitting here for an hour recording when I just got home from work and I'm super tired and you know things like that it's just we do it for you and we've always done it for you and we hope that you know that we're still here. Like we, we may not be putting out a podcast anymore, but I'm still on Instagram. I'm still going to be bothering you guys with my stories and, um, doing my best to balance being a parent finally and being the same type of support that I always have been for the community. And I don't know what that's going to look like but I hope that I do it in a very balanced and respectful way. As for me, I'll continue to hide in the shadows <laughs> and be the driving force that yeah. helps Candace to be the best community member she can be. Yeah, right. Exactly. I also want to thank all of the guests that we've had on the podcast, like Kelsey, um, Elena, thank you, Arden, Alex, Blair... Kate, Elise, am I forgetting anybody? Thank you to everybody who's taken the time to share their story on our podcast. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. You know, I didn't have a budget to pay these people. <laughs> I sent them a thank you card. <laughs> but um, I know that your time is invaluable. Your stories are amazing. And um, I know that people really got something out of that. So, we love you guys. One last thing. If there's anyone out there listening who has always said, man, I'd love to do a podcast, do it. There's a gap now. We're not doing it anymore. Um, Our episodes are going to be out and available forever. But at the same time, it is good therapy. Yeah. It's a good way to meet people. It's a good way to understand that you're not going through this alone. And uh, most importantly... It's the best way to help those who really don't have a voice right now. 
Um, so I would advise you to buy a couple of microphones. They're cheap, $30. Yeah. Plug it into your computer and hit record. Yeah. It's well worth it. And there's a lot of great podcasts out there. The Fab Fertility podcast. Um, Blair was on my podcast a couple of episodes ago. The Big Fat Negative. I hope they come back. Um, they have a great podcast. You know, we're all kind of different and doing different things. I think we all say things in a different way. And you might like one podcast over the other. But if you want to start your own, like he said, it is... Like, this has been such therapy for me, honestly, and really a way to connect better with people. So, good one, Daniel. Oh, you're welcome. Another question before we go. What would you say is your favorite moment from this podcast? This episode? No, through the whole series. Um, probably. <laughs> what are you doing? Stop it. I think some of my favorite times doing this podcast was when we were both like really not into it. Yeah. And I'd be like, you need to talk more. And you're like, okay. <sighs> and then, so I would say something and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, we'd both start laughing and then, <laughs> and then we couldn't finish because nah. it was too funny. Um, the thing is, is you could talk the hind legs off the donkey, <laughs> right? And I I like to just make jokes. So you'd be talking and talking. I'd be like, there's a joke somewhere in here. And then you'd be like, you need to say more. Hello. So then you'd say something and I'd just be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. But it's supposed to be more of a conversation, right? So when you're just sitting there, like staring at me while I'm talking I want you to talk back to me yeah like, conversate yeah and instead of conversating you would just sit there and yeah. watch me talk yeah <laughs> and I'd be like say something <laughs> oh yeah that is pretty funny you're I such like a that. dodo I think my favorite moment um was the outtake where I couldn't say that word and you know most of it didn't even make what it what was the word Oh, what was the word? What was the word? Um, adversity. Adversity. <laughs> adversary. You kept saying adversary. Adversi adversity. <laughs> I really struggled with that word. And yeah, we were like peeing our panties. Yeah, I. That, but that's not my favorite moment. That's the funniest moment. I think my favorite thing to do with this podcast, and it probably wasn't even in the podcast, was the continuous feedback of people saying... Yeah. I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but it's still the best thing. Seeing someone who takes the time out of their day to actually send you a message and say thank you. Yeah. Um, and I'd always screenshot awesome. those messages yeah. and text them to Daniel. You know, because there there have been times where I was like, we need to record tonight. Like, we have to do it tonight. And he's like, oh, I'm tired. But honestly, seeing that feedback that, you know, I listened to your endometriosis episode and I immediately went to talk to my doctor about it because I really have suspected that I have had this for years. Yeah. That kind of thing, like, that is huge to me because I didn't suspect it for years and I wasted so much time and so much money. So if I could affect one person's life in that area, I feel like, wow, that is monumental to me. Monumental. 
So thank you so much for your support over this past year. And um, maybe in the future we'll do some kind of reboot or something. But I do know that we will remain active in the community. It just probably won't be a podcast. Um, I mean, I won't say never. but um, I mean, we have the equipment. We have the equipment. We may start a band who knows? Yeah, see, we're already we're already halfway there. Jamming. Yeah, you could beatbox and I'll do vocals. Or or I could do vocals. And you could do backup the tambourine. No, no. That means I have to buy a tambourine. I mean we can improvise. We can improvise. Anyways, thank you guys. We love you guys. Love you all. Um See you out there. See you about. On the streets. On the streets. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Candice. And I'm Daniel. Goodbye. Goodbye. And. Good night. Good night.